Hey y'all, welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. So this week I am putting out to you my four-part wellness workshop, this series that I did all this month called Back to School, Back to Health. And this all happened inside my private Facebook group, which you're welcome to join. The link is in uh, the show notes. Um, but we used this month as kind of a reset. So I feel like September is like this transition month, right? So we're done with summer. And we're not quite to like the holiday fall season, but we're in this like period of transition, right? We're getting back to, you know, I use air quotes here, normal schedule. The kids are coming back to school. We're getting back into work routines. And so it's kind of this transition period where I feel like it's the best time to start a reset, right? Just to kind of reset everything, recalibrate. And that's what I wanted to use this month for. And so in this four-part wellness series, we talked all about doing just that. And I gave all of the tools to reclaim your health, your energy, your vitality. And we used the month to dive into four aspects of your health and wellness so that you can know your body, repair your body, nourish your body, and nurture the body. And we used each week to focus on each one of those. And <clears throat> throughout this series, I talked about so many things about your health. So in week one, we put a focus on the five facets of wellness and how to set the foundation of a healthy body and a healthy life. In week two, I talked about repairing your body. We talked all about digestion and energy and cravings and how to eat for all of those things. A ton of tangible tips for you. And that week... And week three, we talked about nourishing your body, what it means to nourish the body, not only the body, but nourishing the mind and kind of putting the whole holistic wellness equation together. And then week four was all about nurturing the body. And this is kind of this continuous path in your wellness journey, what that looks like and what it means. And in week four, I have this huge, exciting announcement that I can't wait to share with you. So I'm going to post all of these this week. You're going to get week one through four with my extra special announcement coming on week four that you'll definitely want to take advantage of. So enjoy this four week series. I did this all via Facebook. So you'll hear me kind of conversing with the people um, that showed up live and answering any questions that they had. So y'all enjoy and just take this time to get back to Health. Let's jump in. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pujaza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Happy week three. Welcome, you guys, to week three of Back to School, Back to Health. And so far, we have talked about knowing your body and repairing your body. And this week, week three, we are talking about nourishing your body. So I want to get right into it here. Um, hello to everybody who's hopping on. And so if you looked in your email and got your little reminder, <clears throat> you saw a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. And when I talk about nourishing the body, it's not just the body that we're talking about. Because when we're talking about the body, we can't talk about the body without talking are one and the same. 
they are not separate, like so much of our Western society wants to talk about or think they are. They are one and the same. Treat one without treating the other, and you can't take care of one without taking care of the other. And so this is all part of Ultima Health, is taking care of your body and taking care of your mind. And so I, I feel like nourish is the word that I wanted to use for this week and for this topic because I feel like when we're talking about mindfulness, which is what we're going to talk about today, that's really like this nourishing part that we're giving ourselves. Like, sure, nutrition is important and crucial, obviously. I mean, you could talk about that all day. But it's that mindfulness piece. We're talking about the mind. That's really what nourishes the body because you literally cannot have a healthy body without having a healthy mind. And I feel like we just lose, we just skip over that part a lot of times because it's, it's not the part you can see, right? It's not like the tangible part, like, hey, I look good in these jeans as, you know, as with nutrition or, you know, exercise or whatever. It's like that intangible part we can't see, but it's really the piece that makes all the difference in the world when we're talking about our health. And again, I could do like hours and hours and hours on this and I could get like totally off topic and go down the rabbit hole and so many things about this. But I'm going to stay focused on just kind of the basics today. And um, we can go down the woo-woo route if you want, but we're not going to do that today. But I, 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 and I prefaced this whole conversation today by saying that because that's the other reason I feel like we skip, we skip on this mindfulness piece is because we see it as woo-woo or weird or like this, you know, weird thing that doesn't, you know, with that, we put it in this, this box of weirdness or woo-woo-ness that we are like, oh, but it's, it's not that it at all, like you can make it as woo-woo as you want and you could go down a bunch of the, you know, spirituality rabbit holes and stuff, which I find completely fascinating, but maybe that's not for you. You don't have to make it that way. So when we're talking about mindfulness in the context of what I'm talking about here today. We're talking about things that like scientifically are proven to help relieve stress and treat heart disease and lower blood pressure, chronic pain, improve your sleep, help with digestive troubles, uh, build younger and healthier cells, build a stronger immune system. Like all of these really powerful things are scientifically proven that mindfulness can help impact these things. And, and so essentially when we're talking about mindfulness, we're talking about anything that gets you out of your head and into your body. So you're quieting all the noise and everything that's going on and you're just focusing inward, right? It's just getting that mind-body connection. We're connecting the two together. And again, it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be woo-woo. And it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, a Tibetan monk that meditates for 20 hours a day. Of course, you can if you want. That's cool. But it doesn't, it doesn't take that to, to practice mindfulness and to get the benefits of mindfulness. It really just takes some intentionality, right? Just setting some intentional time and energy into it and, um, and just some focused activities, right, that would lend itself to all of these things. So... Let's look first look at what mindfulness means because it can mean a lot of things. It's kind of like the word self-care. I did a live about this not too long ago. Like the word self-care, it's so like convoluted and watered down these days. I really, I really don't like the term self-care anymore. It's just it's just so like trendy and yeah, self-care. And it's it's not what it is. And I feel like mindfulness is the same thing. It's like this like trendy thing in a way, 
um, kind of this like buzzword, but it's so much more than that. So I want to look at what the godfather of modern mindfulness, who's John Kabat-Zinn, what he said about mindfulness. And he describes mindfulness as this awareness that arises through paying attention intentionally in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So I'm going to say that again. It's the awareness that arises through paying attention intentionally in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So it's that really meta thing where you're like thinking about thinking, right? You're paying attention to what you're thinking. You're intentionally paying attention, right? That's you're, you're aware that you're aware. That's what mindfulness really means. And you're, you do it in the present moment and you do it non-judgmentally, meaning that you're not judging yourself for what you're thinking about or how you're thinking it or any of those things. There's, you're just like, if you've ever taken yoga class and you've done Shavasana at the end, right? And they're talking to you about, you know, if the thoughts come into your head, let them float by like clouds in the sky. It's that kind of thing, right? You're just letting the thoughts pass you by and you're not, you're not attaching to any of them and you're not passing any judgments on any of those. This is mindfulness. Now, he holds on to these core, these nine core attitudes that are, he, he says, are necessary to cultivate mindfulness. And I want to list these out. And these are in your PDF that you're going to get, by the way, in your email after all this. But I want to list these out because I feel like these are all attitudes that are so important to focus on when we talk about mindfulness, but also really important as you kind of get started with your mindfulness practice because these are things that you can really hone in on and you know your journaling or your meditation or whatever as you decide to do and these attitudes are non-judging since i just talked about non-judgmental right non-judging acceptance patience beginner's mind as in you're open always open to learn right to be a beginner trust non-striving so you're not pushing and forcing which is like the total opposite of what mindfulness is supposed to be letting go, gratitude, and generosity. And these are such great, I don't even know the word, I was great as what I was gonna say and that doesn't even <laughs> let encompass what I'm trying to say here, but these are such important, crucial attitudes to hold and to you know put importance around as we're talking about mindfulness. Because, this is really what leads to being more mindful, right? You have this mindfulness practice, but then you can be more mindful just like throughout the day. And so when you have these attitudes in the back of your mind, like in your, you know, your subconscious that you're thinking about, this is really what, what gets you to that next level in terms of, you know, this like being enlightened and mindful throughout your day and all that. So when we're talking about mindfulness, um, like mindfulness practices, getting, using all of these attitudes to be more mindful. Like there's a lot of ways you can do this. So I have a few that are listed out in your PDF that you're going to get. And that is going to be your challenge, your um, assignment per se, for the week is, is to figure out what works for you. Because what works for me doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you, right? Everybody's different and everybody's going to feel differently about all of these things. And I will say, as like a little disclaimer before I read, talk about all of these, is if, if you've never practiced mindfulness, if this is all new to you, and this is going to be weird, right? I'm just going to say it. It's just going to be weird. It can be about it. If you get in your head about it, that's like even more of a sign that you need to continue to is getting out of your head. You don't want to think about it too much. And so... 
these ways that I'm going to list out. There's some simple ways to kind of incorporate intentionally make time for. So let me just go through a few of these. And this is just, these are just easy things that you can do to kind of like ease yourself into this whole like mindfulness, um, mindfulness world, right? So first is just eating mindfully, just getting in tune with your senses and really eating with purpose and thought. And I am just as guilty as the next person at eating mindlessly and you're like just scarfing down food at your computer or whatever, trying to like, oh, I gotta eat. Oh. I'm, I do it all the time. But to intentionally put aside time to really be with your food, sounds crazy, and your thoughts and just being really purposeful about eating. There's one way you can be more mindful. Next is walking mindfully. So um, just, you know, going for a walk around the neighborhood or down your driveway and just paying attention to the movement of your body and your surroundings, like actually hearing the birds that are chirping or feeling the breeze or hearing the leaves brush, like being more mindful of what's going on around you when you're walking. Observing your breathing is another great way to be mindful, just paying attention to your breath. It takes you out of your mind and into your body. And deep breathing is such a powerful mindfulness practice when you're feeling stressed, anxiety, all of the things. Just observing your breath, taking some deep breaths, right? Uh, it's really gonna make a difference. Uh, another way, a fourth way that you can be more mindful is, is when you're having conversations with people is to listen with a sympathetic ear and wholeheartedly. And what I mean by that is, for the most part, our ego runs our life. Again, another conversation for another day, um, or you can go listen to my latest podcast episode and we talk a little bit about this with my friend Laura, but our ego pretty much runs our life for the most part, and which means that we never truly listen to what people are saying when they're talking to us. When people are talking to us, we're either judging them or ourselves or the situation, the conversation. We're planning what we're going to say next. We're getting lost in daydreams or thinking about something else. So instead, focus when somebody's talking to you and you're having a meaningful conversation or conversation in general, right? Make it meaningful. Make the conversation meaningful. Fully listen to what the other person is saying without getting lost in your own thoughts. Put your own th thoughts aside and really invest yourself in the conversation. Trust your intuition on when to speak and what to say next, but use that as a chance to be mindful, right? Which it sound, all of these really sound so simple and so like, or like I don't even know why you're talking about this stuff. This is so basic. But if you really think about it, you know, how often do you eat mindfully? Do you think about how often are you walking mindfully and you're paying attention to your surroundings and how often are you really listening and not like waiting for your chance to speak when you're talking to somebody, right? So when you really think about these things, these are like everyday practices in your life that can totally change your whole outlook on life and your whole relationship with mindfulness and with, with yourself, right? So a couple more here. Another one, uh, another way that you can practice mindfulness throughout your day is mixing up your routine. So when you're in a new place, I also have a podcast episode about this, um, like one of the first two episodes, if you want to go back and listen to it. But when you're in a new place, in a new place, or you're doing and learning something new, you're naturally more present and mindful because your brain is having to work harder to like figure out what's going on, right? Your senses have to take over for you. Your mind has to shut down because your senses are like, okay, what's going on? I have to learn this, I have to do this. So when you're learning something new, that's really such a great way to incorporate mindfulness. And it, because it also changes your brain <clears throat> and teaches you new ways of thinking. So things like, you know, traveling abroad or traveling new to, to a new place, 
um, driving a different route to work, just driving another way, um, doing a different workout, um, eating something that you've never eaten before, learning a new skill, a new hobby, starting a new project, all of these things um, require your brain to learn a little bit differently. And it really does put you out of your mind and into your body. And then the last way that you can kind of incorporate mindfulness throughout your day is being aware of your thoughts and your emotions. And again, it sounds basic, right? Like, okay, whatever. But it's important to know that you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You're an observer of your thoughts. You are an objective observer of your thoughts. By just becoming aware of your thoughts and becoming an objective observer, just observing them not judgmentally as they come and go, you are being more present and not attaching yourself to that thought and letting your mind wander and go in a direction that maybe it shouldn't, right? You're not getting caught up in your thoughts and you're remembering that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are not you. You have hundreds and thousands of thoughts that come in and out of your head every day. You literally cannot control all the things that go on in your head throughout the day. What you can control is your attachment to those thoughts, right? So having a thought or an emotion that comes up and attaching yourself to that, that's what we can control. So when you're able to um, kind of step back and take this like bird's eye view of what's going on and be like this object, objective observer of your life and of your thoughts, your emotions are going on, you can say, okay, I can turn that off and I can go this way with my thoughts instead of going this way, right? That is being more mindful. So just by adding all of these little, um, these six things that I just listed out, this is like, just these six things really can be totally transformational. Because remember, when I start talking about this, when I'm talking about mindfulness, all of these things I'm talking about and these other things I'm about to list, these are scientifically proven to help improve your well-being. We're relieving stress and we're helping with heart disease and blood pressure, chronic pain, sleep, all of these things. Stronger, healthier cells. Like if you want to be younger, if you want to look younger, if you want to have younger brain and younger skin and younger cells, like improve your cells and just incorporate mindfulness, right? You don't even have to think about doing all these other things to help your body look younger, right? It really literally can take years off of your life because it's improving your brain and the telomeres, the little connections in your brain, it's lengthening those, which means it's giving you lengthening your life at the same time. So a couple of the things I have in the PDF here for your mindfulness practice this week is um, incorporating things like positive affirmations. Again, this might be a little more to the woo-woo side for you, but just hear me out and I have some things listed in the PDF that might be, that might be worth looking at. But positive affirmations are positive thoughts meant to challenge negative or unhelpful thoughts. Now, <clears throat> again, this is something that needs to be like a whole separate conversation. But because you have to feel into these positive, like just saying the affirmations isn't really going to do a whole lot. But when you feel into those and you attach this emotion with the positive affirmation, that's what's really going to help challenge these negative thoughts or these unhelpful thoughts that are coming into your head. So they're meant to provide motivation, encouragement, boost your mood. So if you get caught up in these cycles of negative self-talk or negative, negative thoughts, these positive affirmations can be used to fight these, which a lot of times is a, is a subconscious thing that's happening, right? And replace them with more beneficial thought patterns. But that's really the whole thing. We're just trying to like shift into this more beneficial thought pattern and kind of work around those negative thoughts. <clears throat> there is science to back this up. There is science to back up 
using affirmations. Um, because the fact is your brain can't tell the difference between reality and imagination, which can actually be really useful for you. Your brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. It literally doesn't know. So when you're regularly repeating or affirming these positive statements, you're encouraging your brain to take these up, these positive affirmations, these positive thoughts up as fact. And that's really what you're doing. You're training your subconscious brain. So when you truly believe that you can do something, your actions usually follow that. So, and then in your, <coughs> in your PDF, you'll see there is some evidence um, from MRI, some studies on MRIs that actually show that certain neural pathways in your brain are increased when people practice these self-affirmation tests. Like you're literally like expanding your brain. When I talk about those telomeres in mindfulness, it's the same thing, right? So it's, it's shown to help um, with health, deteriorating stress, and um, effectively creating interventions that create positive habits, right? For those who might have addictive behaviors, it can lower stress, it can be depressive thoughts. There's so many things this can be used for. So in your PDF, I have um, an outline of, of some affirmations for you to start with and some ways to do it and how to do it really because really you want to incorporate all the senses. So you want to write it, speak it, and see it. All of that is going to help them stick because so many, we all learn in different ways and when you're, when you're seeing it and you're writing it and you're speaking it all at the same time, your brain is working in different ways and it's really going to help it soak into your subconscious. So I have some kind of how-tos in your PDF as well as a whole list of affirmations that you can help get you started. And um, <clears throat> this recipe that you can use to make your own affirmations as you kind of get used to these and kind of make these like your, you know, your mantra for the day or for the week or whatever, right? Write it on your bathroom mirror or in your journal and kind of use these to help further your mindfulness practice. And then the last mindfulness practice I want to talk about today is meditation. And um, I have so much more to say on this and so much more that I will say on this in The Wholesome Life, which I'll talk about more later. But um, I mean, really, the, the benefits of meditation are freaking endless. Like we could talk about this, just the benefits themselves for forever. I mean, it lowers stress and anxiety, eases tension, it improves overall health. It literally can lengthen the, your life and the life of your brain um, because it lengthens those telomeres, those little protective ends of, of the chromosomes in your brain. That's really what it's all about is just building this healthier brain and healthier cells. So we can overcomplicate this, we can make it super complicated and we can make it really hard, or we can make it really easy. And I recommend making it really easy. It doesn't have to be anything hard or weird or woo-woo. And I listed some, some apps in the PDF to get you started because there's so, much, there's so much free stuff out there for you to get started with your own meditations. And my favorite is the Insight Timer, which is an app you can download on your phone. There's like, I don't remember how many, hundreds of thousands of free meditations and talks and all kinds of stuff on that app and <clears throat> I mean like literally you pick how long you want to do it and you find somebody and you and it's it's amazing and so just getting started doesn't have to be just start with five minutes right start with five or ten minutes see if you can um you know sit in silence I think the hardest part for some people is they're like well I can't sit still so that's why I recommend doing something like the Insight Timer that I just talked about or these other apps that I have listed in your PDF because um, a guided meditation is going to be easier for you than just like sitting there in silence. It's going to be really hard for people who, who are already like, you know, oh, I can't sit still or I can't sit in quiet or whatever. Doing a guided meditation is going to be so much easier um, and more 
I want to say more beneficial. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but but it could be more beneficial because you're going to get more out of it than worried about like, oh, what time is it? Oh, how long am I sitting here? Oh, right, if you're just doing it by yourself. Now, I do have some steps in your PDF to help you with your own meditation and getting started and just, it's literally just sitting and focusing on your breath. Like that's really it. And it, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And I think so many times we think like, oh, these, you know, we have to be super, you know, spiritual or super yogi or whatever, but it, it's nothing to do with that. It's, it's literally calming down your mind, quieting your mind and learning to just be, just be. That's what, that's, that's what it's about. That's where the benefits come. So starting small is really my best advice when you're getting started with meditation. Um, it's doing something like the apps that I mentioned in the PDF, or even YouTube. You can get on YouTube. There's bazillions of them you can find on YouTube. And just starting small. Um, and it can really build up into a regular practice. And I said this in week one when I was talking about mindfulness as like that fifth facet of wellness that I talk about. But when you get into a practice of, you know, whether for you it's meditating or journaling or both, you know, whatever it is for you, you, you get into a habit, right? You create a habit for yourself and you do start to see the benefits. You do start to um, notice when you don't do it, right? And what, what it means for your day and for your body and for your mind and you crave it. Right? You're like, crap, I didn't get to meditate today. And, and you realize like halfway through your day, like, why is my mind like, Bleh. well, I didn't, I didn't take the time this morning to like quiet it down and set, you know, my tone for the day. And it's, it really does transform how you go through your, throughout your day, how you see yourself and your relationship with yourself, being able to, again, kind of look at your thoughts and your emotions objectively and to be able to, you know, U-turn when things start going in the wrong direction. So that's my mindfulness talk for today. And I want to encourage you this week to, to start one of these, right? Whether it's these affirmations that I have in your PDF, look out for those here in just a little bit, whether it's downloading one of these apps and getting started with some sort of simple meditation um, but taking the time to be aware and to breathe and just to be. I just, I, I challenge you. I'm not only encouraging you, but I'm challenging you because I know for love you. And I used to be the exact same way. I have to tell you that I was so like anti-meditation. <laughs> like, first of all, I don't have time for that. Second of all, I don't like to sit still. Like Shavasana used to be like my least favorite part of yoga. Don't, don't ask me why, because it's like the best part of yoga, but it was like my least favorite part, like, oh, I don't want to sit here, and I'm like going through like my grocery list and all the things, you know, and so, I, I, trust me, I, I was, if you're saying that right now, like, oh, I can't sit still, I can't do that, I, I've been there, that was me, but starting small with like these steps that I put out in your PDF, finding, um, you know, something on one of those apps that that you're like, okay, I can do this for five minutes or whatever. It's starting small and doing these baby steps and that will increase and get more into like your daily habit. I I can promise you, I know I, you know, not supposed to make guarantees in here, but I can guarantee this one I can. It'll change your life. I guarantee it. So thank y'all for listening today and for joining me on week three. For all of you that have been watching for the past few weeks, next week is our last week. 
And I know I've already mentioned this in some posts if you are following me on social media, but I'm super excited to announce my, um, my membership site that is launching on Monday. And I'll have all the details for you on Monday and how you can get in on that and how you can get in for like literally less than a price of a meal at a restaurant. So you're going to, you're going to want to get in on this and all these things that we've talked over the past few weeks. It's that what we're going to talk about inside the membership is like this times a bazillion, like it's going to blow your mind. So thanks for joining me on week three. Look out in your email for what's coming um, to help you along in this week. And y'all take some time this week to practice some mindfulness and I will see y'all next week for week four. See you later. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.